Welcome to Reading Radio. My name is Jason. And I'm Alora. This is your podcast done by a father and daughter about classics and new young adult books. We invite you to join along, read with your friends, and build relationships through a mutual love of literature. How'd you like that intro? That's fancy. So I'm assuming there's some people who've never listened to us before. I just want to make sure you know what's going on. This month we are reading The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. We decided to do something Halloween-y for the month of October. Yes. Um, it was either that or Poe, but we figured this would be more cohesive. <laughs> so should have done Poe. We should have. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. What else has been going on in your life? Um, mostly college and school. Uh, oh, I won a photo competition over the summer for our city. There was a photo competition for a bee festival, and I placed first. Yay. And that was really cool. Yes, you did. That was good. Any other writing? You're planning for NaNoWriMo. I say that right? Yes. Yeah, NaNoWriMo, you're planning for that? Yes. I'm going to start it early this year, and my goal is to make 20,000 words this year. I know it's technically supposed to be 50,000. For those of you who don't know, it's write a National Write a Novel Month, so write a whole book in November. But I hit like 15,000 last year, so I'm just upping it a little bit. Well, you know the initials still work if you make it National Write a Novella Month. So it doesn't have to be a full novel. Ooh. Anything else going on? That's about it. All right. Well, we're heading into the holiday season. I'm trying to think of what I have going on. Not a whole lot. Still reading the, through the Mistborn series by Sanderson outside of this and trying to... Ooh, I found... I got a new video game, which this, this podcast is so not about video games, but it's the new version of a game I played... 20 some years ago and actually have been playing that same old version for 20 years so i got the new it was galactic civilizations 2 i'm playing galactic civilizations 4 i skipped over three so that's taking up probably more of my time than it should he gets very mad at me when i need the computer to do actual schoolwork because it's a gaming computer you're supposed to have bought your own school computer that's why i get frustrated maybe we should sit down and do some shopping tonight (laughs) we usually give a spoiler free summary about the book, something to, to let people know what we're doing if you're not familiar with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So from schmoop.com, that's S-H-M-O-O-P.com, they have a great one-sentence introduction that I thought I would read. Is that okay? Absolutely. In a sentence, skinny dude with a funny name gets chased by a headless horseman and dies, or runs away, it's unclear. We should write those for all of our books. We should go back and rewrite them? I think we should. That would be amazing. Like tweet-sized summaries of the books. Let's do it. Okay, that'll be our that'll be part of our project when we can get ahead. Because honestly, folks, we've had a little bit of strain getting this season going. Alora's doing a lot with school. Um, there's just a lot going on. So if you can send some letter, some emails of encouragement to admin at reading radiocom that sounds right. Just send us a letter of encouragement. Let us know you're listening. That way, we can continue to push through through this season. And get some things done. I know you're under a lot of pressure. School's a lot harder now that you're in college, right? Yes, very much. Are you enjoying your classes? I'm enjoying my classes. Cool. All right, so that's our spoiler-free summary. Scale of one to five. One being, why was this ever written? Five being, everybody should read this. What do you give this? The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Two. (laughs) Two? Why two? I did not like it at all. It was hard. I it, the book is like two hours on audio, and I had 
it took all month encouraging her and encouraging her to get her to read it. And quite honestly, me too. I'm going with the two as well. It's inter- <laughs> like it's interesting in that it's foundational to a lot of things, but it was written for people right after. I mean, it was written in 1820, so these people were still alive during the Revolutionary War. They're still writing letters longhand. There's no radio. There's barely music because you have to do it live. Oh my gosh. It was boring. And it's only like 100 pages too. Right. It's It's a really short book. It's just the boringest short book ever. (laughs) Okay, so glad we agree that we're going to go to not to begrudge the history of the United States, but not a book that I would not or not a story that I would ever read again. No. Thankful for what it's done as far as creating the Headless Horseman, who's now in public domain and has been used a hundred times in various things. That's fine. Um, age range? Content-wise, it was okay. Yeah, it was clean content. It's not even scary. No. It's just a lot of really old descriptions and language. Oh, yeah. I would say 15 or 16 is yeah. probably the age on this. Unless you, have, you might be able to do a read out loud, but you'd be stopping to explain a lot of things. I'll be honest. There's probably a lot of references that I didn't understand and words that I didn't get. The first question is, do you know what a Hessian is? Nope. So it's a German who fought for the British during the revolution. They were hired soldiers ah. that came to fight in America, but they weren't British soldiers. So they were Hessians. I'm not sure if that was a regional term for Germans at the time, but the Headless Horseman supposedly a German soldier who died by being decapitated by a cannonball. Spoiler alert for a book that's over 100 years old. <laughs> Actually, over 200 years old. Yeah, if you haven't read it, I mean, you could, but... I don't even feel like we need the spoiler zone on this, but I'm going to do it now that we have. I made that stinger out of your voice. <laughs> so that's going in now. The spoiler zone. <laughs> okay. Is there anything we could really spoil about this book? It's The Headless Horseman. Ichabod Crane... The protagonist is trying to win the hand of Katarina von Tassel, and he's a schoolmaster who has no family, no money, but he believes in he can rise to the occasion and become something if he marries her and takes all of her father's land. Yep, that's about it. And he's in competition with... Baron... Brom Bones was Brom his Bones. name. He had a real name, but... I knew it was B-something. So a guy that was mischievous and... You know, kind of the big man around camp. I pictured him like uh, Gaston Ah. in in Disney. In fact, if you go look at the old Disney cartoon, which was my only idea of what this... Well, it wasn't my only. It was my first impression of what the story was. They might have used the same drawing or been based on similar people. And the girl looks kind of like Anastasia. Right. You had no... You know, We watched Disney. We watched the Disney one a few years ago, I think. Okay, so you at least knew that. Yeah. But it's been a while, and I didn't really remember. And what did you expect coming into reading it? I don't know. Something closer to Dracula, almost? Okay. So, more longer. Fair enough. And different storytelling style, almost. So, this was actually written inside of a collection of books, where the narrator was passing on stories he'd heard from other people. So we don't even know if like this was the original story as it was mm-hmm. in canon. But it was just him telling the story, and it was a short story, but he was so so caught up in the descriptions of everything, which painted a great picture. 
Yeah, but it lost kind of the importance of the bigger details. Right. So if you're thinking you're going to come into this and you're going to have this whole story of the Headless Horseman and going to get to the end, like the movie with Johnny Depp is pretty good, but it has nothing to do with this. <laughs> but like literally it's they use the same character names and it's a it's a Tim Burton horror story. I want to watch it. We'll pick a time. It's an actual ghost story where this, the whole thing is about the, the people and then the ghost is the last five minutes and then you wash your hands and you're done. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. I think that's the whole book right there. <laughs> it is. All right, well then let, let's ask this. Was Ichabod a good guy? I don't know. He seemed kind of like, he seemed like a spoiled rich kid without actually having the money. Hmm. So a lot of people write that he's like just stuck in a dream world. Like that he can do, he's going to do all these things and then kind of stick his nose up and mm-hmm. be power, you know, be powerful. So maybe that's, is that the same kind of thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, kind of. Because he didn't actually have the money to back it up. Yeah. He just thinks he doesn't act like it. Like things just deserve to come to him. Because you read just The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, you didn't have the larger volume that it was printed in. Mm-hmm. You probably don't understand the narrator's name and some of those things, right? No. So Dietrich Knickerbocker, which is a name Washington Irving made up, became the name you called all New Yorkers. They were Knickerbockers. And then, of course, Knickers became your pants in America, like colorful pants the New Yorkers were wearing, I guess. And then in England, Knickers became women's panties. Interesting. So that's like this, he invented this name that became words in two different cultures with very different meanings. And I know you're not a professional basketball player, but the New York Knicks were originally the New York Knickerbockers. That's such a much more fun name. It is, but it I'm was interesting. Go for the Knickerbockers. It was at least interesting that something evolved out of this. Not only the story of the headless horseman, uh, but this name became a cultural thing in yeah. America and England. Yeah. So this is largely considered America's first ghost story. Stories of the Fae and things are obviously very popular in England and Ireland, but America was finding its own way culturally outside of England. And anything that had come before it. And this is kind of one of the first... He's one of the first writers to really become popular in America as an American Mm -hmm. pushing these ideas. How do you think that was impacted by the revolution and and things happening in America? I don't know. It was probably nice to have something scary but unrealistic. Almost. Like, after living through a war, have something that is, like, all... I mean, I guess they would consider this scary since it's a horror book, but some, like, other fear fuel. Okay. I like that word. I was going to say, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, something that's scary other than the reality they just lived through? Yeah, I do. And that's probably what, like, it became popular then because no TVs and stuff, and it just stuck around because it was so, made such an impact in its time. So I wonder if this was a, an attempt to explain things. Now, Arthur C. Clarke has that quote, anything, any sufficiently advanced technology appears to be magic. Mm-hmm. Some do that effect. It was this an attempt, something to try to explain the things they heard in the forest or people disappearing. They're trying to explain and make sense of those things. Ooh, probably. There's probably some of that in there, too. And then use that as warning tales for the kids. Don't go out in the woods at night or the headless horseman will get you. And here's an interesting thought. It doesn't matter. Because Irving leaves it open. Do you think the Headless Horseman was real? Ooh. Because the other option is it was Brom Bones. Mm-hmm. He attacked him and scared him away so he had no competition for Katrina. Which do you think it was? 
I don't know. Because it does say in the post, like in the closing part, anytime somebody discussed Ichabod Crane, Brom Bones had a kind of knowing smile, which leads you to believe that he did it. But the narrator never tells for sure. And doesn't give you like a, you know, he closed the door and you saw a pumpkin or something. Like there's no, in TV, you'd have to give that closure. Yeah. But in these books, you could leave that open and let people wonder. And I like that. I like not having the salt ending. It's like Calvin of Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes, you never know if Hobbes was really coming to life. Right. Watterson refuses to answer that question because it would destroy the magic. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. The power still exists. Um, there's a certain movie that I won't spoil because you may, people may not have seen it, but where they told stories about monsters in the woods around the, vil- the village to keep people from running away. If you go into the woods, you'll die. So that kept you... Morality tales from like Grimm's fairy tales, even th- down through this, were a way to control people through those stories. Propaganda. To a degree. Kind of. Yeah. Don't go into the woods. Well, there are real dangers in the woods. Yeah. But you may think you can fight a wolf, but you can't fight a ghost. So I'm going to tell you it's a ghost, and then you'll stick around. So some of these stories, I wonder, serve the purpose of... Explaining the unexplainable? Yeah. And so in that, it's it has power. Whether or not it was true, not the legend of Sleepy Hollow, but in the story of Sleepy Hollow, was the yeah. Headless Horseman real? Or did he serve a purpose of keeping people from wandering away and getting in, and doing things? Interesting. Could be either or both, yeah, not both. I mean, this is the the power of story in our in all cultures. Really, mm-hmm. is powerful. I like think, thinking about that. About what in particular? Just the idea of whether or not it's real or just stories. What did you? What do you think? I th- off the top of your head, when you read it, did you think the headless orphan was a real person? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, sorry. Did you think it was a human or did you think it was supernatural? Supernatural. Okay. Because you just hadn't a suit, you hadn't thought any otherwise, or you considered both, and then I haven't thought. I didn't think otherwise. Did you think it was real? I did because coming into it, all I knew was the Disney and the Tim Burton and the Headless Horseman was real. I didn't know that was really up in the air. But because the because he wrote that thing about Brom Bones having a knowing look, it made me think, no, it was him. Mm-hmm. He brought a pumpkin along. He threw the pumpkin at him. He scared the, scared the. Whatever out of him. He ran away, and now Brom Bones goes back. He marries Katrina, just like he wanted to do. So, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. But I still think I like the idea of it being supernatural more. Because both sides do make sense. In the basis of the world. Yeah, and that's why it's good. If, if, not, if one of them didn't make sense, then... The other one would be the obvious answer. Right. Now, this is based in some sort of history, from what I understand. There's a Major General William Heath. Uh, he wrote, A shot from the American cannon at this place, White Plains, took off the head of a Hessian artilleryman. So I'm sure that kind of thing happens. I mean, people were blown up all the time, but, but for just to take off somebody's head, probably created stories that led people to talk about these things that spread through the colonies after the war. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And then Irving could take that and run with it to tell his story and build off of something that was already in the culture. But I think that's a key to, like, a good horror story. What, building off some truth? Yeah, taking something that people already fear or some story that's already around. All right, well, this is a pretty short episode because it was a short story. 
that we, we weren't big fans of, actually. Uh, I think it's kind of one of the things I feel like people should read just to have the background and the history. Yeah. Be- and because it's been done so many times that it's almost not... What you see as the Headless Horseman now is not the original Headless Horseman. So it'd be good to hear the original. All right. All right, what's next? Wizard of Oz by Frank Baum. All right, now, have you... It's probably been years if you have. Have you seen the movie? Yes. you remember the movie? Yes. Okay, so maybe we can have some discussion about what they changed for the movie. I mean, I've seen remakes of the movie. I think Barbie or something did one. Of course. It's, again, one of those things that's been... Redone so many times. So we're going to read the original Wizard of Oz, and then we're going to read... I can't remember. A remake of it. I don't think we decided which one. Right. A retelling. So yes. we're going to do an old classic and it's retelling. That's the theme of this season. We're doing The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan. And Alice in Wonderland. And Alice in Wonderland. And then we'll do modern retellings of each of those. So we'll get to see what people hold on to, what they let go of, what they change, what we like and don't like. And we invite you to come along with us. Yes. So this will be October. November will be The Wizard of Oz. And... Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Reading Radio is a podcast released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share-alike license. The music that you're now hearing is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, also released under a Creative Commons share-alike attribution license. Which you can use this show for any non-commercial purpose as long as you give us credit. All notes and anything else you want to find out about Reading Radio can be found at reading-radio.com. If you head over there, you can subscribe to this podcast as well as join our Facebook group where you can contribute to telling us what books you should read. Because Reading Radio is all about bringing families and friends together to a mutual love of young adult literature. And we'd love for you to join us. Happy reading. Happy reading.